Welcome to the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. My name is Glenn Gabriel, and I'm a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. The goal of this podcast is to give you, the youth curling coach and organizer, the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. In today's episode, I'm going to take you on a tour of a typical Little Rocks practice at our club. From the time I arrive in the parking lot to the time I say goodbye to the bartender. This is part two of our ongoing series on lesson planning. In part one, we talked about the importance of setting priorities for your curling program. Determining what's important and what isn't for your program is the first step of writing a seasonal plan. In this episode, I'm going to zoom in and examine one Little Rocks practice. I'm going to take you on a detailed tour of one of my Little Rocks practices at East Shore Curling Club. Why? First, for those of you who are new to organizing a youth curling program, or are just curious, I wanted to give you a look at a practice in action. Second, after we've completed the tour, I'm going to explain how the structure of a single practice mirrors the priorities of our program. Ready? Here we go. Our Sunday practice officially begins at 1.15 p.m., but I like to arrive at the club at around 12.30 to start getting things ready. It's about a 35-minute drive from my house in Pickering to the club in East York. Once I enter the club, it's nonstop until I leave. So one thing I do to save time is to get dressed at home. The only thing I need to do at the club is to put my curling shoes on. As soon as I walk inside the club, I look in my mailbox for any messages. Then I approach the bar and leave my emergency action plan binder with the bartender. I give my equipment setup sheet to the ice maker. It tells him how many rocks I need, where I need those rocks, and how many halfway hacks I need placed on which sheets. I walk downstairs to the storage room and I pull out the milk crate of supplies for the check-in desk. I also grab the laminated Bristol board with the Velcro house on it. When I return to the upstairs lounge, I prepare the check-in desk. We put a tablecloth on the table, put the Bristol board on top of that, and put the Velcro name tags for the kids right beside it. Then I'll prepare the lesson plans for the coaches. I've already printed out the sheets at home. At the club, I'll attach them to individual clipboards and attach a pencil as well. I'll also put up the sheet assignment signs all around the club so the kids and coaches will know which sheet they're on. By this time, the check-in desk volunteers will have arrived. Their job is to welcome the kids, take their attendance, and pass along any messages to the parents. The kids grab their Velcro name tag and stick it onto the Bristol board. I'll go back downstairs and grab equipment from storage for the on-ice drills. I'm not allowed on the ice yet. There's a league that precedes us but I put any equipment in the downstairs lobby near the door to the ice shed, ready to take it onto the ice. If we're using music for our warm-up, I'll set up and test the speakers. Finally, I'll bring out the box with the red sliders so that each kid can pick up their own slip-on slider. Time to go back upstairs. 
The lounge is a lot busier now. Kids are getting ready with the help of their parents. And the first teams from the Brooms League have just finished their game and are starting to socialize at the round tables. I look around. Are all my coaches here yet? How many kids are here? Is there anyone missing that didn't tell me in advance? When the red digital clock in the ice shed reads 1.15, I look around at my coaches and give them a warning. Then I raise my voice. Good afternoon, little rocks. Are we ready to go downstairs? Let's go. All the kids and coaches head downstairs for warm-up. While the kids and a couple of coaches do the warm-up, I'll go on the ice with the rest of the coaches so we can review the lesson plan. After about five minutes, the kids rush onto the ice, bringing their red slip-on sliders and making a beeline to the broom holders to grab a broom. Hopefully, the kids know which sheet they're assigned to. The first 30 minutes on the ice is reserved for skills and drills. I usually divide the kids into six groups on the six sheets, alternating groups between the near end and far end. For example, sheets 1, 3, and 5 will be at the near end, while sheets 2, 4, and 6 will be at the far end. These are the initial stations for skills and drills. Each of these stations will have one or two coaches and focus on a specific skill or drill. After about 10 minutes, I ring a school bell and all the kid groups rotate clockwise while the coaches remain at their station. At a typical practice, the kids will visit two or three different stations. At 2 p.m., we stop skills and drills and transition into gameplay. Sometimes it's a four-player game. Other times, it's two versus two or three versus three, depending on the age and experience level of the group. Other times, we play variations of curling games, like bocce curling or the short game or four corners, as long as it's competitive and not skills and drills. If there are enough coaches helping out that day, I like to visit each group. I observe the kids and coaches, and I'll help teach the lesson if necessary. It's also a good time to give feedback to both the kids and coaches. At about 2.30 p.m., I go to the middle of the ice and ring my school bell. The kids will gather around me while the coaches put away the light rocks. At the end of practice, we do three things. One, the kids thank the coaches. Two, the coaches nominate kids for the weekly ELM Awards, which recognize effort, learning, and making mistakes. And three, we put our hands in the middle and do one final cheer. We proudly yell out the name of our club. East York! The kids run upstairs to the lounge for snack, dropping off their sliders in the big box in the downstairs lobby. I help put away any leftover brooms and sliders, then I go upstairs and make any announcements. While the kids are having snack, I like to walk around and talk to the kids and parents. I like to ask, what did you like about today's practice? And what was fun? If a kid won an ELM award, I give them their ELM sticker in front of their parents and explain why they won it. If I see a coach, I'll thank them for their help. Once I've made the rounds of the parents and kids, 
I get the milk crate with the check-in desk supplies and bring it back downstairs. I organize all the red sliders into the storage container, put away all the skill and drill equipment, and take down any signs. I go back into the ice shed during junior's practice to see if there's any leftover clipboards or equipment to put away. Finally, I go upstairs to the lounge, pick up the emergency action plan binder, and leave anything with the bartender for the main office. Then I say goodbye to everyone in the upper lounge. And that, my fellow organizers, is a typical Little Rocks practice at East York. For those of you who are used to organizing your own practices, this might resemble the structure of your own practice. We may have some elements in common, or your practice may be completely different. This is not meant to be a template. The way I structure my practice is based on what I've learned over the years, and it's based on trial and error. Take what you want from this and fill in the blanks. However, I wanted to point out three parts of our practice and show you how they align with our program's priorities. In the first episode of the lesson planning series, I asked you to write two words at the top of your brainstorming sheet. Let's focus on one of those words, safe. Before we go on the ice, we always do a warm-up in the downstairs lobby first. Why do we do it? A proper warm-up helps to prevent injuries, and it prepares kids to do the specific physical movements of curling on the ice. It's such an important priority that a warm-up is always written into our practice schedule. No exceptions. A warm-up is part of a safe youth curling program. The other word I asked you to write down was fun. How do we implement fun into our practices? Kids love playing games, so we make sure to spend half of our ice time playing games or other competitive activities. But it isn't just games. Based on recent research on fun, kids find improving their skills fun as well. So that's why we spend the first half of our ice time working on curling skills. Finally, back in episode two of this podcast, I told you about an activity that's arguably the most enjoyable part of a curling practice for a kid. Snack. Every one of our practices ends with snack. Not just because the kids love eating treats and drinking hot chocolate, but it allows the kids to socialize with each other off the ice. It's also an opportunity for the coaches, parents, and me to get to know each other as well. So those are three priorities of our Little Rocks program. Each of them is a part of every Sunday practice. In summary, if it's a priority that you've decided is important for your youth curling program, you must find a way to include it in your practices. And if it's really important, you'll find a way to include it every Sunday. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To subscribe to our podcast for free, visit our website at coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to resources mentioned in this episode 
and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music was Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.